0: You, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream. You can do anything you want. I can't hear
1: you anyway. Today on Salt Lake Dirt, I welcome author Patrick O'Neill. His latest book, Anarchy at the Circle K, is currently out on Punk Hostage Press. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Thanks for listening. Well, great. Yeah. I'm here with Patrick O'Neill. I'm very excited to talk with him today. Uh, we're here mostly to talk about the new book Anarchy at the Circle K, which um, we're gonna get real, we're gonna get into it, but I, I absolutely love the book. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely honored to be here, man. Sounds great. Yeah, so like I was saying a few minutes ago, I was really um excited to finally get to talk to you. I've been meaning, I've been wanting to talk to you for uh, quite a while. And I think I'm trying I was trying to think back when I first heard about you. I think um, that I think this is in, this is one case where the algorithm uh, worked out well for me. And and your book, uh, gun, needle, spoon, <laughs> popped oh, yeah. up. Um, and so I got that a few years back and, and, and loved it. And then I, nice. uh, and then I recently read the one you put out with James Brown, the writing your way to recovery. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, excellent stuff. Thanks. Uh, but yeah. So we can talk more about that later. I just want to jump right into the the book Anarchy at the Circle K. Okay, I just, I just got a chance to finish it up. Um, and like I said, I loved it. So maybe you could just tell our, our audience, um, you know, if they're not familiar with your work, kind of your background, uh, you, you know, the work that you've done, and then the new book that has just recently come out. Okay. Uh, it'll be the wrong, wrong version, but. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I come
0: from a family that, that's like, you know, my dad's an MIT professor and, and my, you know, they're very intellectual and, and do a lot. And uh, and I was kind of the black sheep in the family. And the family, there was a lot of problems growing up. And I, 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 I discovered the wonderful world of drugs very early on in my life. And uh, that also parlayed my, my my sense of alienation and, and and uh, uh, the, uh, you know, a, a feeling of never fitting in sort of parlayed into getting to art school at a very young age at 17, uh, San Francisco Art Institute. And at one point, I w- my art was really big in art. My uh, I was the youngest nationally published cartoonist in America, and I decided to get the free ride to go to the Art Institute. And uh, at the Art Institute, I ran into two things. One when, when was punk rock happened, because it's the 70s, and I ran into heroin. And my life sort of took a a, a change. One was my 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 uh, art changed from uh, uh, drawing to uh, filmmaking, and 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 then my my taste changed to uh, more to music. And I uh, saw a couple of uh saw uh, I saw I saw the D O A from Canada at the Mabuhay Gardens. Uh, and uh, then the next day, the, the Ramones played in uh, San Francisco Outdoors, a free concert by City Hall. And that was like 1978 or 79. I was like, no, nope, I'm done. I'm done with being a long haired <laughs> rock and roller. I'm going to now be a punk rocker because this, this is amazing. This is blowing my mind. And I really got involved with music and I was on, the, uh, uh, I, I, I worked at a bunch of clubs and finally got picked up to go on tour with bands uh, Dead Candies, Flipper, Subhumans, uh, and TSOL i was a roadie at first and then i was a road manager and uh the whole time i was a a heroin addict and uh you know we did that for like seven years uh uh, and went on a major major tour seven years just touring constantly and then at one point uh, all those bands sort of broke up punk kind of got a little uh you know little uh uh, punk punk imploded basically what happened and a lot of bands just couldn't take anymore wasn't happening nobody was touring and my addiction got worse and uh 10 years later i uh was, uh, you know, the only thing punk rock about me is, like to say it's the only thing punk rock about me because I had a leather jacket and I, I was carrying guns and running around uh, robbing bags and, and for my habit, my heroin habit and got arrested, went to prison, uh, you know, came out and decided that, you know, definitely prison was not for me, want to change my life. And, uh, and and you know, thinking the thing, what prison was there trying to three strike me and put me away for the rest of my life, and that yeah. that, that was an eye opener. If <laughs> that was an eye opener, I don't know what it was. <laughs> and that really blew my mind that that, that that the state would want to do something like that. And and uh, I vowed that, that was it. And you know, I, I stumbled a couple of times and back and forth, and but I, I went to re- several long term rehabs and got out and became a drug and alcohol counselor. And then I just sort of realized that you know, well, I'll go back up a little bit. When I was in county jail, and when I was in prison, I got involved with writing. And I had never been a writer before. I was dyslexic and I had some other issues with writing. But th- that was the only artist, artistic medium available to me, readily available to me, and it locked up. And so I started writing and I wrote for a, a writer writing club in San Quentin. And I, when I got out I kind I, I, I felt to myself as a writer, but I also felt a lot of uh, shame and guilt for not being really good as a writer or having dyslexia and things like that. And I, I didn't really consider myself a writer as much as I wanted to be a writer. And so I went to back to grad school and got my master's degree in, in, in creative writing, a uh, nonfiction at Antioch university, of Los Angeles. And then I kind of felt I was a writer at that point. I don't know if I knew that piece of paper, but it was, <laughs> and I got my first, I wrote my first book as a, a, my thesis and it got published in France. Uh, and then my, a, a, another version of that book got published in America. And then also went on from there. And, and you know, I, I, I teach college, uh, uh, I teach creative writing and I teach creative writing in, in, in all kinds of institutions and rehabs. I've I taught it in prison and I, uh, and, and I teach it at, at, at Antioch and at a few other universities and colleges. And I'm still a drug and alcohol counselor and a certified drug and alcohol counselor. So that's my whole trajectory, kind of a nutshell in the last half of it, pretty much. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think um, one thing you know, that I loved about, well, all, all of your work that I've read so far is that you, you have a way of... Um, you you have a like it, the books are really funny in their own way. They have, there's like a strong sense of humor, but it's um, not making light of the situation of, of addiction. Um, and it doesn't glamorize it at all, but it's just very realistic um, where it does have, you know, it has the, there's some funny elements. And then, um, you know, you, you talk a lot, especially in this book about how, you know, you hear a lot in recovery when, you know, when drugs and alcohol when they're they're working you mm-hmm. know so it's like you see you see in this book especially um you were able to i mean you were able to go bouncing across the country several times yeah. with these bands and and you, you did do a job you know there were there were you know there's like pretty sticky situations um at times but this is like the period where it's um starting to not work near the yeah. end um so i i really just appreciated just like the you know it's just it's just damn good writing um it, it, it's funny it's it's like it gets it gets you and it's and it's just so realistic and um and then at times it's just like i can't believe this is happen- this is happening i can't believe this guy's still alive <laughs> Well, anarchy is the precursor
0: to gun needle spoon, and it was. I mean, it, I mean, we wouldn't. None of us would be doing drugs if they didn't work at first. Mm-hmm. But the, the trajectory, the, the narrative arc to a, 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 a anarcho okay is, yeah, they're working, and now they're sort of not, you know. And and, and it was. I was able to hold the job together. And I was able to have a really stressful job together, and and just do all it' be out there and everything. And for a drug addict to be on the road and just run away from their problems and keep moving to city city city, it was perfect, you know. Like I have to make my message. An hotel. I didn't clean my mess anywhere. <laughs> you know, I had a girlfriend at home. I, I, that that I, you know, didn't have to worry about her because I didn't because I'm too self centered. You know, all kinds of things like that. So it, it was it was it, you know, and it, and also you know, just to be just to be totally honest, it was a pretty magical time. It was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, bands were happening. It was really like you know, get out there and just do it. And and you know, I don't think I don't, I don't know if it's like that today. I have no idea, but I don't I don't think
1: it is. I don't think so. No, I mean I'm so I, I'm 41 years old, and I was. Mm-hmm. um you know in high school coming late to all those bands so mm-hmm. but there is like this mythology around bands like dead kennedys and tsol yeah. and, and it, you know um and we never got to you know we never got to see them or at least in their original yeah. um, incarnation so it's like really cool to um c- to see this perspective of someone who was actually there uh and you know and with those bands and just kind of like the the struggle like you know Drugs or no drugs, just a struggle of being uh, a punk band like that and trying to survive um, is a, yeah, pretty remarkable story. So um, yeah, thank you for for sharing it.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, we we were we were a, a, a novelty. We were we were aliens. We were so, something coming across the country. And it was two two schools. One was like abject, you know, scared of us or, or angry at us or violent towards us. The other school is these guys might be the next Beatles. You don't know. You better be nice to them. Like, Get their autographs <laughs> and things like that. And it, it, it was really interesting, you know, like like America's divided and, you know, it, 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 it's a total mess right now. But it wasn't that 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 much divided there. I mean, it always has been. What am I talking about? But uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, it, it, it you know, you, once you leave the coast, it, it's it's a total different. It's mm-hmm. a total different ball game out there, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, uh, and then down south and things like that. It was bizarre, you know. And we would travel through areas and you know, you know, DH is black, he's a drummer with us, and and you know, and we, we we just get a lot of reaction. We'd look weird, you know. We would just and, and you know, we also, you know, I'm also I was with a lot of bands with the colored hair and you know, dyed hair and all this like that. That wasn't happening back then. I mean, now everybody's got dyed hair, everybody's got tattoos, everybody's got this stuff like that. But that was sort of the you know that wasn't the norm at all, you know, it was a little different.
1: Um, well, I think I think one of my favorite uh little segments of the book is uh I think is it Eudora is that the town you were you were kind of stuck in <laughs> yeah. that was my I don't know if you want to chat about that at all but I was like like this right here could be its own book this stuck in, the, right. in this right town. I mean right. that was that was um yeah that was incredible. Bro- I don't know if you if you know you want to t- talk about that at all but that was definitely one of my favorite well, parts. We,
0: we we broke the rule that one of the rules was to never get off the interstate because you get off the interstate you're, you're like in the middle of nowhere and we dropped down from uh, to someplace in Arkansas. I could come down through uh, the, the uh, uh, through the state, the middle of the state, to get down to Baton Rouge. where we had a show that night, and the van started uh, playing, uh, you know, having problems. And we pulled into one town, and they, the guy said he fixed it. We drove along another twenty miles, and it just died. And it was in Eudora, Arkansas, which is just like a, <laughs> just the middle of nowhere. And there was a one gas station there, and we pulled the van in there. And they looked at us like who the hell are these people get the hell out of here. And we, we had a show that night. So we, we figured the van would get fixed and we'd be on the road. So like, like we got the band in, a, in a, the local benefactor, the guy that owned a lot in the land, a lot, of, a lot of land, a lot of businesses in the neighborhood, uh, Took the van and drove them for a nominal fee, and they they went to Baton Rouge. And me and Chris, the sound man, stayed with the van, which ended up being over the weekend, four days. And, and the guy never like just just never looked at our van. We sat out in front of his uh, his his, his uh, gas station for three four days. He didn't come in on Sunday, so he didn't fix the van. And the cops were driving by, seeing us. We became locals. We sat there and drank beer all night. We slept in the van. We pretty much thought we were going to live there the rest of our lives. <laughs> we didn't have enough money. And we got and we got to know the locals. We went to a local, you know, uh, club to go hang out with a bunch of people and smoke pot. And we like the like like the kids would drive by and look at us because we were, like the novelty. You all the punk rockers, <laughs> you know. It was just insane, and you know, I just happened it all. It was, it was the South in summer. It was a hundred degrees with one hundred twenty percent humidity, and it was just unbelievably. But you know, it was, it was, it was just like. That, that's that you know that's not the glamour of touring that is not the glamour of touring. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the reality of touring you know so things like that like you know just you know and that's why i wanted to write it that's why i really want to write this book and the first time i was like trying to sell this book and people want to go yeah yeah well you're, you're going to write about the right and i'm like no it's going to be about me and what happened to me and that's why i really wanted to show that the, the real nuts and bolts of getting out on the road
1: yeah no it's so interesting there's a uh um, so I'm in Salt Lake City, and then I, th- I think you mentioned—I know, I'm pr- pretty sure you mentioned uh, that club that all the punk yeah, bands, the Indian, and, Indian Club. So that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, Indian Hall, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still standing. I was gonna—I drove by there the other day. I was gonna take a picture. So it's still—it's standing as it was. It's been abandoned for you know as long as i've been Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know but it's just it's funny because a lot of those places have been long torn down yeah um, and that's one place i mean but it just yeah it's still there i'm like what it's actually not too far from where i live um but I, i this you know you're not the only one but i i've read other books like uh i think henry rollins mentions mentions the venue uh, mm-hmm. at some point but it's like get 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 me out of utah <laughs> especially like i can't imagine 2022 it's bad enough but like in the 80s oh my goodness <laughs> it, was a, it was it was crazy you know i got bust, busted speeding with the subhumans and they like charged me We didn't go to court
0: on the spot and get, get fined by the judge it was just insane it was crazy i don't know if it's still there but coming up on 80 south of salt lake city there, there was there was there was like a uh uh, a amusement park that got that the that the river that the that the, the lake took uh, flooded and, and took over and there there was like these little little parts of 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 of, of like a, a Ferris wheel and little parts of yeah. a, you know, so, a roller coaster submerged in the water. It's <laughs> so, so
1: weird. Yeah. So you know what's funny is that that um all the all the amusement stuff is gone. Um, but they have the that's a concert venue now. Salt oh. air. So a lot of bands come through there. They have a lot of like, um, raves out there as well. And. Then, uh-huh. Um, if you're into like old horror movies there's a 1960s horror movie called carnival of souls that's filmed all out there and it's like and it hasn't changed you know as far as like this is like the um probably when you pass through that that was like the one that's standing now so all like the amusement stuff is like you know, gone gone yeah but the thing yeah. that looks kind of like a like a you know arab Sheik palace or whatever that's, uh-huh. that's that that's still there and that's where they have you know <laughs> i've seen so many concerts out there but that's been around wow. that's been around um as a concert venue at least since the like mid early 90s i would uh-huh. say but <laughs> yeah this cool. definitely, it definitely stands out and they're like they're not building they're not building out there. They can't, um, the lake's actually drying up and it's getting pretty bad. So it's like, we're breathing in all this toxic dust. Mm. Um, but anyways, I digress.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's like everywhere else. It's a climate change. It's what's happening. Just like salt and sea down in, uh, uh, like, like Coachella,
1: same thing's happening.
0: Crazy, man. Yeah.
1: Um, well, so yeah, so where can, where can people get this book? I know, um, um, it's, yeah, just tell us about where, because I would love people. I want to put links to the best places, like your favorite bookstores, okay. okay, wherever well, you want. Well, yeah.
0: unfortunately, right now it's it's it, it's on Amazon. Tell about the middle of next month. We we made a deal with the devil, and we uh we uh, uh, uh c- gave them an exclusive just just because it, it works better with that way. And yeah, you know, it, it, we're, we're uh Punk Press is a small, small indie, and we sort of have to make these deals because we don't have We don't have a major distributor for our books, and uh, uh so it's it's on Amazon for right now. And then in a, in a month from now or, or a little less, it'll be everywhere and all, all online at any bookstore can order it. And they, they right. can order it now, but they'd be pretty, they would be probably should order it through us, which would be Pug Hostage Press. Uh, which is, and, and Iris Berry runs Pug Hostage Press. If anybody wants to get a hold of her. So that's it for now, you know, unfortunately. Right. Uh, uh, you know, I I, I, I I know a lot of people are like, I'm not buying Amazon. Uh, okay, okay I, I get it. I get it. Believe me, I get it, you know, so.
1: Yeah, well, hey, like, like I said, I, you know, yeah. The devil. Um, that's where, that's what, that's where I just, that's where I found you is that the algorithm there we go. Up and I'm like, Oh, this guy looks cool. Um, so yeah, I, you know, you find some stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I, I would like to t- chat about, uh, because you do, you do a fair amount of teaching. You said, um, you write, I noticed a class you, you, you've taught, um, writing through trauma yeah. and then it also, also the book you put out with Jim, um, writing your way to recovery. So. Um, just like you know for anyone you know i think this you know whether someone is uh, in recovery or not this book could be uh, it translates to trauma yeah. uh, and and so a lot of the exercises i just found were incredible and and, and very empowering so I, I i would just love to hear about um you know how you kind of got into this um you know mode of teaching, um, hooking up with, with, with Jim um, sure. regarding that, we're regarding that book, but um, yeah, very fascinating stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, you know, Kurt Vonica says we're all writing the same book and it's about our family. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. so basically we all, you know, there's, there's a lot of growing up stuff, whether, you know, we want to, uh, you know, blame someone or whatever it looks like, there's a lot of stuff happening in our in our youth and, and that, that, that sort of makes who we are. And you know, unfortunately a lot of a lot of heavy experiences make who we are. And so I find it fascinating. And, you know, I use a, I use a, I just I just sort of disarmingly talk about things with a little bit of humor and stuff like that. But it just it, you know, stuff's devastating, you know. Like my, my mother tried to commit suicide several times. Things are happening in my life that really opened my eyes to like some of the reasons. And I'm not saying the reason that they're to blame, I'm saying some of the reasons that I feel and think the way I do uh, were born there. And I think it's really interesting. And when we get into nonfiction, we, if we really want to, you know, make a book that's really strong and, and interesting. We're not going to try and make ourselves look good. We're going to show ourselves who we are. We're going to be vulnerable, and all that really makes sense, you know. And all that, you know, because I mean, I mean, I I read a bunch of books by, uh, you know, mafia hitman and things like that, and they're still bragging about what badasses they are. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, you know, and I I don't care, you know. Like you, know, you know you, who cares anymore? That's not what I want to hear. I want to hear what you know the reality of things, and not you not know, people bragging. And so that never really works. And I realized that really, really on, really on in my career. And you know a, a book that really caught my eye uh, in, 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 the, in the beginning when I was in when I was in grad school and I was I was reading a lot of uh, other people's work to steal from basically, uh, you know. But uh, it was it was uh, the, the Los Angeles Diaries by by yeah. James Brown, which is, which book, is ama- yeah. amazing. It's an amazing mm-hmm. book, and it it really epitomizes like you know like, like just so ter- bury your soul and showing you who you are, and you know Jim's a, a master at that stuff, and he's he's also a master at lean prose which is something I really try to emulate and uh, uh, it just, just tell the story. Don't get all flowery mm. and crazy. And so I, so I, I wrote a review of it in, in Goodreads or something like that. And I wrote a review of saying this is the best book i read in my life, blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't growing. And I even, I even said there was some problems with it and so on and so forth. And Jim wrote me back and he's like, <laughs> Hey man, thanks for the review. I really appreciate it. And I was like, damn, you know, <laughs> and then through another mutual friend of ours, Rob Robert, who was another amazing writer. Uh, he introduced us, and we we hooked up, and uh, ended up doing a couple of things. at my book, at my book launch uh, for Gunning the Spoon, he we, I was in conversation with Jim, and then for his book that came out, which is uh, Apologies to the Young Addict, I, I was mm-hmm. in conversation with him, and he, he he said, "Hey, you want to write a book together?" And I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" I mean, I'd be honored, you know. And so we're both in recovery, and I'm sorry, Jim, breaking your anonymity, but uh, <laughs> um, we're both in recovery. We would kind of write a book about you know about writing and and, and but sort of have a recovery edge there and like that. And so we put that book together and, and put it out ourselves. And so it's sort of a, a labor of love. It really comes down to We didn't even try to get it published. We just want to put it out there. Uh, and so it, it, it it's, it's, I think I think it really does epitomize a lot of really good writing exercises that almost anybody could use because mm. uh, it really talks about what I just talked about, being vulnerable, being honest, and putting stuff out there. And interestingly enough, uh, 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 Jim has just gotten in touch with me recently and we're going to redo it uh, in maybe six months from now. We're going to redo it into an actual uh, another book that's similar. We're using the same things, uh, a different, different title. Uh, that book will still be there, but another one that's going to be geared totally towards people just who are writers, not necessarily in recovery. i mean, going the same ideas and things like that. And uh, I, so I'm really, really looking forward to that too. And also I've never, I've worked with a bunch of people writing and I've never worked with anybody that was as seamless as me and me and Jim working together. It was unbelievable. You know, just like, you know, I'd send him stuff. He'd send me stuff and boom, boom, the book was born. Mm-hmm. And other times I collab with people and it's just arguing and problems <laughs> and editing and I need this and I need that. And Jim was like, yeah, this is cool. We're good. And I'm like, yeah, Jim, this is cool. We're good. And it was like, boom. <laughs> well, no, so yeah. Really cool.
1: No, it was, it was so cool. Cause it just kind of, you know, for me, I've been, I follow, um, I've been following Jim's like when he was putting out stuff and all of a sudden this book just pops up and I'm like, Oh yeah. shit. And I'm like, Oh, and he's with Patrick O'Neill. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm getting that immediately. That's so cool. Um, no, that's exciting. I love reading anytime. Um, you know, uh, there's so much like garbage with, uh, like how to write, how to write books and things like that. So when someone actually, who, who, who does it and who has stuff out and you, and you're a fan of, and they, and they put, um, you know, some kind of guide or just exercise or whatever, it's like, it's, you know, it's rare to find something good. And I just love, like, this is just such a quick, um well you can get really you know in depth with it it's a it's a, yeah. it's a slim volume but man um it, ha- it packs a punch it's like it's it's great
0: yeah we we, we kind of like just sort of we you know skirt the uh, recovery thing and sort of kind of follow around with the writings of recovery and things like that without making it too un- inaccessible people who aren't but you know Hey, you know, recovery can be anything. I mean, it doesn't have sure. to be a drugs and alcohol. There's a, million, there's a million recovery groups out there for anything. I mean, you know, I, I always say I can get addicted to anything. I can get addicted to water if I need to. You know, <laughs> so it's, just, it's one of those things. But so I, I think that that book can really yes. help a lot of people just, just, just write through their issues and stuff. That, that's what's really interesting about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I would like to talk about, so um, you have a, a, a novel. Coming out soon? Is is am I mistaken on this? Or is no, yeah, I, okay
0: I have I have a I have a, a, a trilogy I write written it, it, It's a, it's a it's a like a noir sort of dark uh, believe it or not like dark <laughs> <sort of> dark,
1: <laughs> dark.
0: It's it's about a junkie bank robber and a murder and you know so it's 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 it's, it's sort of not going off the realm of who I am but it's, and it's like seven different people's lives you are intersecting around that murder in Los Angeles and the books called L.A. County. And uh, there, there, there's a, it's a, I've got, I've got two of the books in the can. I got, I got LA County and, and the next one's called Skid Row. And the last one we be called uh, uh, uh men, man. I uh, forgot the title right now. <laughs> I haven't read that book yet. And uh, uh, men's central, which is, which is the county jail here in, in LA. And uh, that that's the last one. And so it's, 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 a three, three part trilogy about it's really about LA and it's really about uh, uh, the darkness behind LA and, and, you know, there's, there's a crooked cop, there's a, you know, a, just a, you know, a, a Brentwood housewife, you know, a, a, a transsexual hooker, you know, all these kind of things are all bit together into making this thing, uh, uh, you know, totally LA, and and and, and, and I just, you know, I really sort of embraced it. I've been here about 12 years. I lived here a while ago, and it's sort of all the stuff I see here, you know, gangbangers, all this thing like that, and it's really sort of just wanted to epitomize that and i always want to write a noir book you know noir oh, my crime favorite book, you know? Yeah, that's my, yeah that's my that's my that's my favorite
1: know? genre for sure so i'm looking forward to that one that's, cool, that, cool. that's great that's excellent yeah
0: hoping it comes out it, it looks like it's gonna be coming on Park fest in a while uh i still got to go through it and finish it up and everything, like, but they all the, the, the i'm really ready to go with all of it and put it out there and i gotta write the third one at some point you know
1: very cool very cool um yeah well so let's let's talk about so you live in Los Angeles now. You're not you're not from there originally. Uh, what kind of brought you there to to settle in um, and kind of stay planted?
0: Well, yeah, I yeah, my like I said, my dad was a, a linguist and 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 he was a, he was a professor of ling- languages and and we traveled all over the world. I mean, my my childhood was like kind of like an army brat. I mean, I, I spent a year everywhere, and we went to different colleges and different. Different countries for him to learn the language. Never a warm one. I, you know, grew up in Iceland and the Faroe Islands and Denmark and places like that because those, those languages are what he's are interested he interested in the Norse languages, and uh, uh, and then and then all over the states Durham and Eugene and then finally Boston. We settled in Boston. My parents divorced, and my mom came out here, and so I basically moved to San Francisco when I was uh, about uh, fourteen and been in San Francisco ever since. Uh, and then you know San Francisco was an amazing city it was beautiful it was a really artistic city a lot of music a lot of things happening and the punk scene was huge it was it was a great place to be and then 20 about 15 years ago maybe a little more uh tech took it over and it is no longer affordable man <laughs> you know yeah. and, and it, it, you know it wasn't that no longer affordable it just i mean not just the rent but everything it just became a very expensive city mm-hmm. and a very crowded city it wasn't used to be that it used to be a small kind of small city. And it, I got priced out. I used to live in a neighborhood called North Beach, a beautiful Italian neighborhood. And I had a big, huge uh, studio, a big, huge uh, three-bedroom uh, flat. And I couldn't even afford that. I couldn't even afford that now. And so I, I, I what, what, one thing is I, I, I graduated from uh, uh, the, the Antioch with it was a Masters. And I wanted to teach and and teaching is very coveted up there. Everybody wants to live in in the Bay Area and teach. And I couldn't get get even a beginning job up there. I was really trying. Plus, you know, know, I had a criminal record and things like that, which held me back. And uh, a friend of mine uh, offered me a teaching job here in L.A. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go. And also I came down here and rent was a fraction of what it was in San yeah. Francisco. It's not anymore. It's gone all the way up down here, but it was unbelievably cheaper and I could live by myself and it was great. So that's originally why I came down here. And also I, I, was, I was doing a low residency at Antioch uh, University for my MFA. And I started traveling back and forth because of the, because of the low residency. And I started really liking LA. I liked it just like, you know, for one, San was goddamn freezing all the time. <laughs> and I just wanted the warm weather and I really liked it. But also I, I found a huge literary scene here, which mm. I didn't expect. I mean, right. everyone talked, you know, everyone talks about New York being that the huge literary scene, but LA's giant. It's a really big scene too. And it, it 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 and unlike San Francisco, which kind of was closed up and and sort of very I, you know i'm not get into that but take you know a little hard to 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 break into la was open arms come on in you know and people were really cool and give me give me help and, and like a lot of people help me get published and things like that and uh you know really appreciate that. that and so i you know now i've discovered that la is my home and i've been here about 12 years now
1: yeah um that's what i that's what i my favorite writers live in los angeles and um i think the you know the, I've I was surprised by that too. Like the ones I've talked to, very like um like open arms, wanna help, yeah. people who're starting out. Um, so it was um not what you would expect from, from Los Angeles. One that there is, like you said, a big, like a fairly big literary scene with like amazing, lots of amazing people down there. Um, but that um there's so many people that are willing to help and and just like excited for you and want to want to see you succeed. I mean, it's very cool um a very cool place for for writing which i had never um really expected yeah, I, I didn't expect it at all you know and you're right a ton of my favorite writers
0: are here you know it's 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 it, it's you know and it, it's also one of those places that it's not like you know like your lower east side new york where you know all a cool book you know bohemian people it was spread out all mm-hmm. over the place and yeah. starting, but but you know there, when you, there's a couple bookstores like skylight and mm-hmm. uh uh a few of the books like that, a Book Soup and, and uh, Romans and places like that and stories and a few other books where, you know, when somebody has an opening or somebody has a, not opening, that's the wrong word, when somebody's a reading or somebody's a book release the literary show up, the whole community shows up and it's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, and I'm rubbing elbows with some of my heroes. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's really kind of (laughs) cool.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's incredible. I was actually, I was at Skylight a few weeks ago. I was down there. um, And I I was actually, you'd already sent me the book, but I was looking for a hard copy of it. Uh And so I was, I was telling them, I'm like, you need to, you need to get this. You need to get this in. You're going to have a lot (laughs) of people asking about it. (laughs) Hopefully they listen to me. Right. Uh, Yeah, very cool. Well, uh, maybe I could ask you uh, anything um, you've been reading lately that's kind of stuck with you. Anything um, that's really grabbed your attention? I just read, you know, Crystal Food is. I don't know. Crystal Food's a Kentucky writer,
0: and I just read a a sort of kind of a a mainstream book he wrote that was pretty interesting called Shifty's Boys, and it's you know he's real Kentucky, and and it's, it's it's you know it's kind of a anti-hero detective novel but that's not really what it is but it, it's sort of his, his mainstream and it, it's a really interesting book and and the guy's just the guy's just really tied it with the words you know he's just amazingly you know really got it got it tight you know and uh uh i just got uh amanda uh Amanda's book uh God damn it! I'm throwing a blank here, but I just got a friend of mine just sent her book. <laughs> I wish like, you remember the goddamn title. It's called Stripped. That's what it's called. Stripped. And Man, yeah. of Solar so and it, it, it's a it's a great book. And I'm just reading
1: that too. Great. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I ever read anything. Oh, the one the one person that's kind of on my mind right now. I just read. She has a book coming out tomorrow, Lisa Jacobs. I should just give another. another oh, yeah, pl- yeah. Plug for her. So she has a, her new book, <laughs> the Pink the Pink Hotel. Um, oh, cool. Great la writer um and it's kind of like loosely based on um the beverly hills hotel and uh uh-huh. like everything everything like negative you think of of california or los angeles all comes kind of like like enclosing that place like the like wildfires and riots right <laughs> and right, right? right and it all hits at once so it's like <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty incredible book so I'd, I'd encourage anyone who likes la oh yeah sure to check it out but yeah uh, she, she's a great writer she's really yeah. good yeah,
0: I just, I ran a a, a a writing a, a reading a, a series for a while. Uh, why there are words, Los Angeles, and she she was one of the people that read. It was, she's great. She's really oh,
1: fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, cool. So, I'm I'm trying to think of what else I wanted to ask you. I mean, I'm just like I guess we could talk, we could jump back to the book. Any, anything specific about Anarchy at the Circle K? You want to, you want to share with uh, our listeners?
0: Well, I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's not a tell-all. It, it's really the the, the life of, of the lowly roadie on 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 the road, and it, it it's really about you know like what what punk rock was the aesthetics of punk rock what what was what it was like you know there's, there's a line in there like if someone asked me do you like punk rock and i was i didn't even thought about it cuz it was just mm. my tribe it's my people you know and you know i was i was a i was a disenfranchised young man you know and 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 when i went in and saw other disenfranchised men and women you know doing playing that music and, and having that that attitude that it really really sung to me you know and it really made a difference i mean back in the day in the 79 78 it was just like, huge bands playing and huge arena you know giant hair bands and all this stuff was happening and it wasn't very exciting and also it wasn't very accessible yeah. you know you, you i remember i went to some of those uh day on the greens in 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 in, in oakland in, in the bay area and they were these mega stadiums with you know you'd see this little people on the stage like a mile away this huge pa system and it just was it just wasn't very interesting it just it it didn't it felt like And it felt like some huge thing instead of like a a concert or seeing music. And, you know, we'd I, I would go to these clubs that would hold, you know, 300 people and, and you'd be two inches away from the the person playing. And it was just it just was all of a sudden music meant something again. Music mattered. And I can imagine, you know, I know this sounds all waxing like poetically, but, you know, <laughs> I imagine that's what it was like when the Beatles started playing in the in, in the Catskill or whatever that was that they they played. And right. you know, it was it was, a, it was that kind of feeling. It was that kind of feeling. It was also kind of feeling like you were you were witnessing history that this was, mm-hmm. this was going to be something else. Not that we anybody else, ever thought about documenting anything or, or keeping anything or anything like that. We, we were horrible at it. I, I, was, I go, Some a friend of mine said, you got any pictures of that? And I was like, no, I never took any pictures. I got pictures. Some pictures probably other people took, gave me, but mm-hmm. you know, everything like that. So, you know, it, it, that's one of the basic bottom lines is I, I think that, that there's a bunch of people there's a lot of people that they're in their in, obituaries in that uh, I, I put an R.I.P. next to their name because they're gone, they're dead. Because it was kind of a live fast, die young kind of you know thing. That's exactly what it was, but uh, but their stories never going to be told. You know, they're, they're, no one's really going to know what they did or what happened. You know, a friend, a really good friend of mine, uh, Will Shatter, who is the lead singer and bass player for Flipper, uh, died very young from a drug overdose. And you know, his musical live on. But there's other people that. You know, we're musicians and we're, you know, sound people and, and stage people and, and and roadies and road managers and like that. We'll, we'll never hear about them. We will never hear about those people. And that so I just want to document those people and everything else that was going on because the, the scene was, you know, the, the thing about punk is all inclusive. Everybody mattered. And, and I, I think that that's sort of what I really tried to exemplify and put out there. And I think I hope that comes through. And I just, think, yeah,
1: definitely. I think like, I, um, yeah, it, de- it definitely does. And how it is like with something, um that is that you know do it uh, do it yourself uh, you need all those people in order for yeah. it to like to kind of function um mm-hmm. and and that comes across and one thing like i wasn't really familiar with the band flipper um mm-hmm. before, so i'm gonna go i need to go listen to their music now um i'd heard the name but i didn't really know anything about them so it was very yeah. cool to read about them and i think um just that segment of of reading about a, a band that i wasn't familiar with just showed me how well, I think this book will translate to someone who doesn't maybe know anything about,
0: uh, uh-huh, punk uh-huh. so yeah. like,
1: like if you, if you're into punk, um, and you, you know, it's you're going to love it. Definitely. Um, but even if you don't know anything about this, you can, you can pick it up and and it's just going to translate because it's a, you know, it's ultimately a human story. Cool. Um, and it's just, yeah, killer writing. So, um, I'm, ex- I'm excited for more people to get the chance to, you know, to read it in the next few months and mm-hmm. I'll definitely help, you know, put the word out for sure. Um, and one thing like it was funny because I finished up the book last week. I actually I went to a concert. I hadn't been to a concert since well before COVID. Right. Um and so I went to a concert here and it was like it was like a medium-sized, like like picture a house of blues type mm-hmm. venue. Um not a house of blues, but but very similar um here in Salt Lake. And it was um, you know, it was a great show, but just like all the logistics of getting in, I, I just like turned to my wife and I said that, man, they've like, they've taken all the fun out of like, I, I came in <laughs> wanting to have fun. And it's like, everything is like, you know, you got to get checked here. Even if you like, you want to go upstairs to the bar, even if you don't want to drink, but you just want a different view, you got to like go through another line and like, yes, cert- yeah, so I'm like, man, um, but at the same time, it's like you know you can glorify the the, the punk days, but it sounds like you know you were <laughs> you had to anticipate a fight every time, um, every show you would go to. Well, you know hard,
0: hardcore changed a lot. I mean, I, in the beginning, it was it was a it was like you know, a bunch of art bands. All I, when I coming through the art institute, all these bands that came out of San Francisco, like the Mutants and Avengers, and. And uh, uh, The Nuns and a few other bands. There was a band called Crime that wore police uniforms and stuff like that. They all played that but they were like kind of art bands. They were like kind of this, and, it, and the, most people did was pogoing, and then You know, the '80s show up and and hardcore weird its ugly head, and and you know, like Black Flag and Circle Jerks and and Dead Kennedys and and you know, bands like that came out, and all of a sudden, you know, talk about disenfranchised youth, all these seventeen-year-old kids that you know, seven year old males that would you know, necessarily before probably playing you know, contact sport, got got out (laughs) and jumped into the middle, and and then it became like the pit in the middle, and uh it got pretty violent. It got pretty, it got pretty intense, you know, and there, there was other factions. There was a lot of skinheads that were, were racist and having a hard time. And, and, you know, the, all the bands I worked for were politically leaning to the left and, uh, especially the Kennedys. And so that became a whole faction of, uh, you know us against them and problems with with our audience that, that were trying to like kill Jill Biafra and things like that and then it became my job to sort of stop those things you know and it, it 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 was you know it was it was an intense thing I'm not a violent person you know it was it was and so at first it was kind of a learning curve to try and get in there and then you know and I go try to do that place without getting my face broken <laughs> you know and I I think I did pretty well but uh, uh, you know it, it, was, it was it was it was it was it was it was a definitely different scene and it, and it, 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 I got into it right at the beginning. So they sort of evolved to get huger and huger. And then we play, we play shows like the Olympic in, San, in, in Los Angeles or uh, the bigger shows like a rock hotel in New York City. And it was volatile, you know, and there was a certain element there that, that, that was, you know, you taking your life in your hands when you went out there. I mean, you, you wouldn't, I mean, not maybe that, that's exaggerating, but you could definitely get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's for sure, and then there, there was an unbelievable amount of that going on. So there's like, you know, every night was sort from of a different thing, and you'd have to gauge the audience. You go out there and sort of look and go, mm, how many like how many people look like they shouldn't be here, you know? Because like all yeah. these jocks would come down to you know, and we we play. All kinds of places in Middle America, and a bunch of you know football players come down to see the punk rockers, you know, and it'd be just bizarre, you know. So it it it, it changed, and that you know, what you and I talked about earlier. Like you know, we we get away from the coast, we go to Middle America, and you know, we, we became that novelty act. We became something they wanted to see, and and you know, there, also there, a lot of issues with. Names like, you know, Dead Candies. We we, uh, we we played Boston once and didn't play again ever because the, the, the Irish were not too happy about that. And there was a huge riot in, uh, outside of Philly uh, in, a, in an Irish neighborhood. And they basically never got to play. They just destroyed the club because they were so pissed off by the name. Wow. You know, yeah, just insane stuff like that, you know. And, I mean, it, it, it's amazing what you could do with the name. I mean, I get, I couldn't imagine touring with butthole surfers. That's, 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 like, that's like such a weird name. And then there was a band in San Francisco these guys are brilliant their, their name was free beer and, and so on the, on the marquee it would say free oh, beer oh no that sounds... oh, I know and all these people would come down because it's free beer tonight you know it's like just amazing you know like so it's really smart stuff like that you know yeah. but you know it, it was, man, I you know I don't want to sound like the old man shaking his fist on the, on the lawn but it, it, there was a lot of stuff happening and, and before hardcore and even during hardcore punk rock was pretty inclusive there was a lot of stuff under the punk rock tent I, I mean, I, I, when I was young in, in, uh, in, in the Mabuhay before I was even working with bands, there was bands like uh, uh, Silvertone, which basically turned into Chris Isaac, mm. uh, you know, to a huge rockabilly band. And there was, you know, there was all these kind of art bands like Pink Section and Verses, and and, and stuff like that that, that that, you know, played. A, a, what, what, it was obviously punk rock, but it was kind of, you know, it was a different, it wasn't hardcore you know, I remember seeing Devo, and we definitely a different kind of band, you know, and then all, all the kind of heavy stuff from, uh, you know, the UK that, that wasn't, you know, like Stranglers and sort of bands like that that weren't, that definitely weren't hardcore, you know, and Then, then, you know, I think, well, I think actually, you know, the Sex missile sort of, Bridge of that they sort of brought a kind of a heavier sound even though they're more melodic than any of the mm-hmm. hardcore is yeah you know? definitely so, you, know, it's, you know you have other bands like bad brains from from dc and they're they're, they're metal you know basically mm-hmm. you yeah know? so it's, it's interesting so you know we we tend to think of the three chord punk rock as being the the, 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 the epitome of punk rock but it, it's a much broader sense than that you know and the, the only thing that really really survived out of the whole thing was the fashion that's
1: about it you know isn't that true yeah yeah definitely I think like going back to skinheads just I mean I've always heard of um I'd always hear about that but just like reading about it and how like how common of a thing was at least for for like you know it definitely was a scene that I, I I wasn't I wasn't you know completely aware that they were all pocketed all over the country like that i think when um when i grew up and started going to shows it was a straight edge was a big thing coming in or at least the salt lake city interpretation of straight edge and they they would come to punk shows looking for a fight uh, because punks are you know drinking and smoking whatever Mm -hmm. and they'd come to like fight so it became like a you know it became like you said it could get very violent this is before they were always you know they ended up having to do a lot of searches because they would bring in blades and there would be knife yeah. fight. it was horrible yeah. Yeah. um so it it sounds like this is like a whatever the group is like people come to these to these things looking maybe not they're not really fans they're coming to like start some shit um pretty much it, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's indicative of, of this, of the scene, you know,
0: like it, it becomes, it becomes, you know, here's, here's this thing where everything is acceptable, everything is formidable. And then all of a sudden somebody, somebody wants to police it and somebody mm. wants to tell you what you can do what you can't do it. And then, and it's just, it's just typical of, of what's happening out in the world. It's another microcosm of what's happening there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of fear there, a lot of fear involved, you know, because there's a lot of things happening where people didn't know what, what it meant to them, you know, like how, how does this translate to me in my life? And, and unfortunately there's a lot of racism in this country and there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of uh, socioeconomic prejudice there's a lot of a lot of things like that happening and unfortunately the uh- it, it it even became part of the element in the punk scene, which was trying so desperately hard to get away with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, the punk rock scene was a pretty white scene, you know. And then on top of it all it was a pretty it was a, you know you don't want to go out on the limb here, but it's true. I mean, not say that it was a little sexist scene. It was a, a male oriented, more dominated scene, and 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 even though women weren't were playing a major role until later on when they a lot of huge women bands came out and stuff like that, you know. So it, it's bizarre, right? It's like totally bizarre. Here's this mm-hmm. politically politically happening scene, and then there's some definitely so like issues going on with inside yeah. of it you know but i think that's standard for everything going on
1: yeah it's human nature right <laughs> um so i think like uh one thing at least in the copy that i got at the at the end it's kind of like you you mentioned about like you know what you said earlier here like this isn't this isn't a tell-all book this is my perspective this is like these are this is how i saw it and what what happened and um you know if you you go write your own book if you're if you (laughs) have an issue with that i love i love that so i i would like to um have you had any of the any of the guys or or people involved that you that you write about that's got to be a tough thing when you write Mm non-fiction Um, And even when you write fiction, because people are like, "That's you know," if they end up reading your stuff. Like, wait a minute, is that about me? Right, um, right. So It could get very touchy, I guess, for people. <laughs> um, you know, you're fair game as far as any writer writer goes. So, well, <laughs>
0: right, I, I did, I did send, I did send out some advanced copies to people, and I I, 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 I sent them, I sent them dollar the candies, except you wouldn't get back in touch with me. I, I, I think our relationship is fine. I don't, I don't. It just made it wasn't interested or whatever. Uh, and and I sent it all of them and never got anything back from them. A negative and a couple couple of them wrote blurbs for me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I same with uh, a few people in, in TSOL. And I, I, there's nobody. Really, I mean, there's Ted and 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 Steve is still in Flipper. And, and Steve and I don't talk anymore. And I sent it to Ted. He he never got back to me. So there was no objections to it. I did send it to a friend that was that was, was in the book, and he got very uh, he got upset, and he uh, he uh, wrote me back and 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 said, you know, he said he, he never said just take me out of the book. He said, I, you know, I'll get a lawyer and I'll sue you. And I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, wow, you know, really, you know? And so I wrote him out of the book, and then he keep he keeps sending me nasty notes, thinking he's still in the book, and you know, and, and I, you know, I'm not gonna tell him because I want him to go buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> but people's reactions are different you know it's 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 really interesting you know some people really want to be in the book and and you know and and have no qualms with what you said and some people want to nitpick and things like that yeah. but the reason i wrote that 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 disclaimer kind of in the, in the author's note is that people always telling me that, that that like a different story like a totally different version because you know people's like i witnessed well, sure. this testimony is horrible you know it's like, no no it happened like this i'm yeah. like you're wrong you're absolutely yeah. wrong you know, I could be wrong. What do I know? But, you know, like I said, it's it's my story. But, but yeah, I, you got to kind of weed those things out just legally, too. And mm-hmm. and also, th- this book, this book, I, you know, like Gunneedle Spoon, because it involved a lot of criminal activity, I changed everybody's name, everybody's name, unless you were dead. Mm-hmm. And and this book, you know, I, I can't, like, unless I'm going to write a fictional portrayal of it, I couldn't, like, change everybody's name and talk about a band. And, you know, it, I had, so I put everybody out there. And in telling, in, in doing so, I didn't put a lot of opinion in there. I just wrote the facts, mm-hmm. and, and and I, I let I, I hopefully I think this comes. I don't know if it comes off, but I, I, I you know it's tell not show. I mean mm-hmm. show, show not tell. Sorry, <laughs> show not tell, and also you trust the reader. Yeah. and we, we will see what, what i'm what i'm talking about or not you know and i, I don't need to tell people their truths i don't need to sit sure. there and, you know say you you weren't a good person or so on and so forth especially not when i was not being the best person in the world. right
1: <laughs> well that's yeah that's the thing i mean it's like you know i read the whole thing and it's like i never i didn't was well, I never thought, Oh, this is such a horrible person. This is like, this is awful. Like mm-hmm. nothing was crazy. I mean, if any, if anyone looked bad in it, it was you, right, you know, right, you right. were very, very, <laughs> very vulnerable and, and open and honest. So it's yeah. like, um, I, t- I tend to believe a writer when they, when they per- portray themselves that may not, you know, not in the most flattering way at times, that's the best writing right They're Like right, you said, when, right. when you're, when you're vulnerable. Exactly. Um, so I just think it, yeah, I think it's, um, it's awesome. And I think like, um, I, I'm a high school history teacher, and so one of one of my like uh, I don't even use a textbook anymore. What we do is we use um, primary sources of a, of a certain event or or whatever um, subject, and I I always pick different sources from the same time period, and they're contradicting. They're talking about the same event, but they're contradicting sure. themselves, and so sure. we. I think that's when. You know people can get a lot more out of it when they're you know they're studying history they they read different you know points of view and it's like ultimately um we all have our um our point of view and you, you mm-hmm. know hopefully we can we can settle on some like idea but also be open to being like oh I'm wrong um yeah. or what yeah so um I, I think the was one dangerous part of
0: some writers to have an agenda and they are trying to mm-hmm. try to push something I mean because I, I think that's off putting you know, and, I, and I, I think we have to trust the reader. And I think that, that's awesome. You do that in school for the kids because they, get you know, the kids, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. is that is that you 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 you're going to realize that there's all these points of view that you got to make your own decision what's happening there and mm-hmm. take take. Also, you know, look 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 where the information's coming from. Who who's saying you know, what's going on here and figure that yeah. stuff out too. I that, that that's the whole way of deducting what's going on in the world to me anyway. You know, I'm oh, yeah. interested what's happening. You know, so nobody I, I outright believe, and then I just sort of need to hear the information to find out what's happening, which is basically what we should be doing anyway sure yeah uh, listen to science maybe
1: yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) um well great i think um yeah anything else you want to add i think where i think we did a this was a lot of fun it was it was was awesome awesome, man i really
0: appreciate you having me on your podcast this is
1: great yeah this is fun so um yeah everybody patrick o'neill pick up the new book anarchy at the circle k um i loved it i'll put links to that and then um also check out his other books and his upcoming noir trilogy It sounds very exciting can't wait for that cool Um, thanks patrick thanks okay have a good one